0: So it's on really Podcast. Back out to Smart. Fakes the pass all the time. Three. Thanks! It's Williams' three. Bobs it up to Robert Williams! Shouldn't he go? Taylor Brown. What a dunker! Tatum.
1: Durant, the long reach. Tatum, crossover, pull-up jumper.
0: Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast, Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us, hope you're doing well. Coming up on the show, news out of the now-concluded Summer League and what's going on with those final few roster spots. Then, a little bit later, some real off-season juice. We're going to discuss the worst fan bases that we had to deal with as fans throughout the Celtics' recent playoff run, plus a bunch of other stuff. Joining us for this one, he recently joined the pod and he's back for more. Gotta be a good sign. Jake Eisenberg, how's it going, dude?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I've got my um Celtics mug, lemon ginger tea getting me through the second day of my two-day hangover. So um we're good. We're doing good. How are you,
0: mate? Yeah, good. Welcome to the two-day hangover stage of life, uh, aka 30s and <laughs> yeah. and above. Uh doing well. Yeah, I had my 2-year-old's birthday on the on the weekend, so no hangovers for me. Uh, which I just realized, as I said that is is extremely boring. But you know, we're entering into this this drought, right? This Celtics content drought. Let's let's just dive right in. Summer league is over. It's sad. Like I said, no more Celtics anything for a while. Certainly nothing on court. Kick us off here, Jake. Who was the most impressive summer league Celtic overall? Now that it's all said and done,
1: most impressive is a is a tricky one for me. But and summer league, you know, you get so excited, and I always find I go through through waves of. Um, excitement I kind of look got a little fatigue in the middle of summer league, but um i I got right back in towards the end but for me, you know coming in, I was a huge u Bergeron fan and Begron. could not be happier with he- I could not be happier with how he's played in the um in the summer league like he's clearly improved massively from year one to year two looks like he really belongs out there from mm-hmm. this raw eighteen year old french kid to Kind of being the best player on the court for a couple of summer league games, I think it's pretty pretty impressive. Um, yeah, so he's been my favorite so far.
0: Yeah, I was hoping it would be Sam Hauser, right? It just seemed like he was poised. I don't know why I thought this, but like poised to dominate, just because he was signed and it's a it's a vote of confidence from the Celtics and that he would show out. And then he caught some sort of an injury. It might have been his shoulder, and we didn't see much of him. And then Matt Ryan, I guess, who was um, playing fantastically well. Not just hitting shots, but hitting shots off the dribble as well uh, and at an efficient clip. And then he, of course, got injured and didn't get a chance to sort of give us enough sample size to to maybe really walk away with that much confidence of him. Cabin Jelly, I think, is the other one. And I think, sorry, oh, yeah. Cabin Gelly, I need to learn, I think, to pronounce his name now that he's it's been tough. signed to a two-way deal yep. by the Celtics. Um, you know, he looked decent for Summer League, right? I think that's the thing and the caveat that we have to wrap around. All of this is like all these guys look good yeah. in the summer league, which really is, is nowhere near close to the actual NBA. The dude's twenty five. He was drafted in twenty nineteen. Like while he was, to me, the most impressive. If he was going to demonstrate, you know, some value as a as a you know fifteenth man on the roster or even higher on the roster, might have already done so already. So while you know, I'm happy that they signed him on a two way deal. I'm happy that he'll get some run for the Celtics. And I, I do feel like he was the most, I guess, impressive. Um, I don't know. And we're going to get to the roster spots in a second. I don't know if we're going to see him get promoted to that extra roster spot anytime soon.
1: Yeah, look, it, it happens. Uh, you know, I think Gary Payton's the probably the most recent famous example of kind of toiling away in the G League for a few years and then becoming one of the most important players on a finals team. Now, obviously, that's best, best, best case scenario. Um, and I'm someone who always is optimistic and hopes for the best. Like I'm high as hell off summer league fumes, you know. Like <laughs> I got back at 2 a.m. Saturday night, and in preparation, I'm firing up Cavagnelli and Johan Beggaron highlights. And let me tell you, if you want you, you want to get confident about some of your plays, come home on Saturday night at 2 a.m. and fire up some highlights, and you're going to be thinking, <laughs> is you is is Johan that's a the fringe all star? <laughs> yeah, that's the secret. I don't know. Maybe he is. <laughs> um but like what do you want from the two way guys you know outside of like a bit of bit of insurance i think he he definitely showed um enough athleticism to fill that lob threat uh role that rob has so i think offensively mm-hmm. his role can kind of be quite seamless for for him to play i think what was it 50, 50 possible games um but you know your two way guys you you want the vibes you know you've got uh, you got dikembe mutombo's nephew Massive smile, hustle guy, loves loves Al Horford. Like, what what more can you ask for from the two way guy?
0: Yeah, he can shoot the three as well, and give our guys a run for their money, like in training camp and um, like on the practice court as well. So um, I like that he can stretch the floor, and he will kind of make whoever's defending him, you know, in practice from our starting lineup, sort of run around a little bit and, and um, get their legs about them. There's a post you talked about Beggaron a second ago. There's a post on Celtics Reddit by Ethereal3XP, who said, can someone tell me what happens to Wuhan Begaran? I'm, I'm never going to be able to say his name right. I don't know why. It's French name. It's like <laughs> not, that distant from English. Um, what do you think is going to happen? I'll, I'll, sort of, I'll simplify the question a little bit. Is there a chance that he's going to show up in some form of green uniform, whether it be the Maine or the Boston Celtics, or is he going to head back to Paris?
1: Yeah. Um, it seems like all indications are that he's going to head back to Paris. That, that seems to make the most sense from a roster construction point of view because you can hold on to his right for one more year. He's only nineteen. You don't, you know, he's not probably not going to feel a super, um, you know, not going to play a lot of minutes this year for the for the Celtics. So that seems like the most likely thing. But I you know you, I have seen a couple of you know tweets and stuff about he's still in the mix for for a roster spot and. I need to do more research on this, but like what's the, the level of development between what's the difference between summer league. I mean, not summer league between the G league and sending him back to Paris. I know that the team that he's on in that league isn't exactly Barcelona and Real Madrid. And so how mm-hmm. much more development, he obviously developed a lot. So that's, that's not a, not a problem, but how much more can he develop if he, if we get him into Celtics green and we send him down to Maine throughout the season? I think that's a really hard question to answer. Um, So it's hard to say what's going to happen, but the most likely thing is we're going to have to count on Timmy to cut together Paris basketball (laughs) highlights for another year.
0: The supercut, yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's not going to get a two-way. Those two two two-way contracts have already been used up. So it's it's either the G League or Paris. And like you might at this point ask him what he wants if you're Brad Stevens and Co. and Mm -hmm. 19 years old, obviously French might want to go back to France and continue to play there while he sort of grows and matures a little bit. Uh, if you're asking me and what I very like personally and selfishly want, like I want him over here, right. Yeah. With NBA coaching and sort of in the system, albeit on the outer fringes of that system, just sort of acclimating and, and maybe growing a little further in, and what can be offered to him uh, over in the States. So be interesting to see um, moving on JD Davison, ends the summer league with the highest assists per uh, game of any player in the league that was posted to the sub by Sybil the soothsayer. 8.2 <laughs> dimes per game, edging out Josh Giddey's 8.0. And I believe he had a better assist to turnover ratio as well than uh, Josh Giddey. And this user goes on to say, it looks like he's got the speed and vision to play in the league. Wow. Uh, let's hope Brad found yeah. a second round gem, a.k.a. Nikola Jokic. Um, I don't know, dude. <laughs> like, you know, Can I just like, let you go off on JD Davison for a little bit? Feels like that's where we're at.
1: Man, uh <laughs> the hype around some of these guys is real. This is why I love summer league, man. Like why? Oh, yeah. why? So good. <laughs> yes. We're going to caveat. Yes. We're going to caveat that it's summer league or whatever. I'd much rather just live my life thinking that we found the next, the next diamond in the rough. That's way more fun. And until they turn into, I know Spoonie's not here and I don't want to talk shit about his guy without him. Turns into Smith, where he can't <laughs> even score it in summer league. Until that point, I'm going to believe that they're going to become something. And I don't know how you can't feel good about the guy that you took at fifty-three. Clearly, in the top percentile of athletes, even at summer league, you, you can tell that he's one of the more elite athletic people on the court. Has playmaking chops, great lob thrower, which works. Great. I mean, him and him and Jelly down in uh, Maine is going to be electric. Those two guys stuck him on alone, the pick and roll. All- Ooh, <laughs> I, I love it. So good, um, but yeah, like. <laughs> What else? What else can you ask for from from your guy? You took at fifty three was one of the kind of the more solid point guards, especially as summer league went on. It felt like he started to figure stuff out. Which, I mean, that's, that's all you can ask for. And so you get him around these coaches, you get him working with someone that's going to be maybe, maybe playing in the, the big league as well. Um, and he's got the dog in him. He gets up on the defensive end. He, he's he trying does. to get blocks. He likes to rebound. Like, let's go.
0: I love it, dude. Like, it's Summer League. The game is slowing down for him. The Summer League game is really starting to make sense to him. But uh, yeah, like, really, like, a, a perfectly fine and like happy, successful takeaway from this is like, oh, wow, he's not heaps fucking shit. And like, that is completely fine for the 53rd pick. And like, not only is he not that, he's like, he seems like he's pretty good, but it's kind of like you touched on, borderline impossible, really, to evaluate. Talent in the summer league, like unless they're just clearly like NBA ready, like Tatum was in his summer league, yeah. you know, before his rookie season, the defenses are comparably shit. The teammates around them also comparably shit. Like it's just not even close to the actual NBA. That said, Jd was better than expected, which I think is a better way yeah. of of sort of phrasing what I, I said earlier. Not fucking shit. He's better than expected. Like even kind of way better than expected, and super fun to watch. And you know, I'm excited that he's on a two way. I'm excited to see him in some form of green. Hopefully, like some spicy um Geno time minutes in a couple of C's games in in the 50 games that he's allowed this yes. season. Um, and the jump shot is it real? Like, are we ready to declare the jump shot found I, permanently after those no two idea. games? Because that was it was fucking hitting them those two games.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. 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 <laughs> These, these these tiny sample sizes. He start, he gets hot for three games. It's like uh, we have no idea if he can can actually shoot. But like I love I love the process from Brad and the back end of the the roster process versus what we were doing a little while ago. Like JD, like I think you talked about expectations. Like I had Tremont Waters in my head compared to him. as kind of the same archetype, like small guard that he took late in the second round. The difference being yeah. this guy's already one of the best athletes in the league, probably. So, like you go, you know, Jelly, former. Sorry, I've started calling Cap and Gelly Jelly, by the way. I'll see if it catches on. I'm for it. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, former first round pick, JD, former five star recruit. And then Yuhan, I mean, like you just see the upside six foot, six, seven foot wingspan athlete, like thick. Um, like I like the process. And then just six foot seven white guys that are snipers. Like,
0: great process. Yeah. Yeah, just enough to sort of be remain high on for the remainder of the off season, right? We've just got a little tease of like, yeah. oh, some spiciness in these prospects, and it's just got to be enough, like some methadone or, or something. Not that I would know, like, just to sort of um, sustain us uh, <laughs> until our next high to continue that uh, that analogy. All right, so quickly before we move on no to question. the final roster spot here. A post by indubitably good, sir. They say to everyone hyped after JD Davidson's summer league, this is what we were saying about Carson Edwards after his first. Let me just let me throw a few of these quotes at you, Jake. Um, Here are a few regarding Carson Edwards after his first summer league. Quote, good ball handling, though he dribbles a bit away from his body, aggressive off the dribble, doesn't just shoot, unselfish passing and seems to have a decent rebounding sense. Okay, so that's like that's warming us up a little bit. Now we get a little a little crazy here. Edwards has shades of IT. Then another one. You guys got oh. a great steal. You can add one more to your Celtics fan base. And then finally, I'm trying to stay calm about Carson Edwards, but he makes it hard not to daydream about all-star selections in his future. Oh, my <laughs> so, God. Not to bring us down like from the J.D. Davidson high too much, <laughs> but like we have been here before.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I probably needed that. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, that's, really, that's very yeah. fair. But you know th- that's more fun. That's way more fun to live your life that way than it is to be like, "I'm oh, probably gonna suck." You know, so I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna hope that they turn into something. And if they don't, that doesn't matter because they we wasted the 53rd pick and two way slots. Um, the idea is like good process. In hindsight, like Carson and and Tremont that were sub six foot and can't defend was bad process. Um, I'm a much mm-hmm. more, you know, uh, sophisticated talent evaluator since then, anyway. So, um, yeah, <laughs> We've let's go done. with
0: that. <laughs> exactly. And a credit to Carson. Like, I've I've never done more squats in my life than when his, you know, thighs were bracing <laughs> our screens. So, the motivation factor was there. All right, we're going to move on to the final okay. roster spot here. The Celtics. They have twelve. They've signed twelve players plus JD Davidson and Fiondu Cabangeli or Jelly, as we're calling him, on two-way deals. So, there's technically three available roster spots which thank you for helping me fact check that jake before we started recording um <laughs> h- how do you how do you suspect these are going to be filled is the 40 T P E going to be a factor there which expires in like roughly 20 hours um how do you see this just broadly speaking because you know like we've said like mm. you've said in the past brad stevens operates in the shadows like how if you had to bet how do you think this is going to play out
1: it's true yeah trying to read between the lines with all of the quotes from brad and Matt Ryan sitting, Project Thomas didn't play the last game as well. I would say it looks like Ryan and Thomas are going to get two of the slots mm-hmm. and then personally, selfishly, would just would give it to Juhan. but that's probably a bad idea because I think as much as I love Jelly and kind of Cornet, there definitely is a need for a little bit more big man insurance, and I think that comes in the way of maybe the TPE, maybe a vet min, we still have the other two TPEs uh, as well. So that would be my guess. You bring in Matt Ryan and Thomas, and people have talked about this on Twitter and stuff, like the fact that Ryan mm-hmm. didn't come back through like an ankle sprain, and he looked pretty much fine, and Thomas wasn't injured for the last game. The fact that they set out probably points to the idea that they've got a good enough look at them. And then, yep. yeah, you probably bring in one more one more big man. If it's the TPE by tomorrow, I, I would be surprised but. I've not but I've been surprised by everything Brad has done so far.
0: So. Yeah, likewise. It would be surprising at this point because so many have said now that like the Brogdon trade was in effect the TPE acquisition like salary-wise yeah. and to bring in anything more than a minimum contract at this stage just would come with such a hefty, hefty like repeat tax, mm. you know, salary as a result. So.
1: Also, one more thing that I that we can maybe talk about with the over-unders later. I don't know if you want to bring in like someone that's getting paid 10, 12, 14 million dollars um, with the promise of, like, not playing that much, I think that's just something that you've got to take into consideration chemistry-wise, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, for me, if you think about it, like, the primary remaining position is, is that backup big, and they're going to be playing behind Rob, Hawford and Grant, possibly Big Bird uh, as well. Um, Canard, uh, not Luke Canard. <laughs> yes. Um, shit, having a to play. I just know him in my head as Big Bird um, Capogalli. Yeah, Cornette. you know what I'm talking about. Cornette, thank you, God, it is the off season after all. <laughs> well, that's Big um, Bird, Luke Cornet, Big Bird. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, are we really going to elevate our tax bill beyond what it is <laughs> just to get someone who like, probably at best is going to play behind all of those guys? Um, probably not. And so, it's just going to be some vet men dude, probably who sees the court. Uh, in emergency situations and then the secondary need is a backup wing we talked about it possibly being Matt Ryan um, I think maybe they also perceive Hauser as that and then maybe you're hedging on that with Matt Ryan a little bit Broderick Thomas might be a little small to be considered you know a backup wing to to Tatum and Brown but I thought he had an all right showing uh, like more so than than Justin Jackson in in summer league so I'd be happy with any of those guys and and really like Celtics fans are going to shit themselves at like the the lack of magnitude behind whatever names end up on the roster. But like you nailed it, Jake. Like the point is, none of them are going to play. Um, there is a Reddit comment though from our guy ZGamer200 who says that like trying to be realistic about it, uh, I'd want to see if the Spurs would part with Josh Richardson for one or two seconds since they moved on from Dejounte Murray. Um, sort of signals that they've entered rebuild mode. Otherwise, there's not really a target in their opinion that makes sense for the likely cost. Not just the TPE, but the assets he'd have to throw in to get someone like Joshua. And so it'd be nice to bring back, you know, old mate Jay Rich. But um, again, I just don't think there's enough minutes to justify him having a good time on the squad.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. Yeah, that'd be sick to have Jay Rich as your eleventh man or tenth man. But
0: great vibes. The, yeah. yeah, the
1: twelve million. <laughs> yeah, great vibes. Like the, he he does that thing where he just lies down and stares at the ceiling when the pregame show is going on. I kind of always enjoyed that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 you can't, and I think you do honestly have to be careful about the chemistry, like throwing in another veteran guy that is good enough to play like seventh man minutes on a good team. um, Yeah, you got to be a little wary.
0: Yeah, well, I feel like we're probably going to be back with another pod pretty soon because this, you know, this TPE does expire. And with every little thing that does or doesn't happen, the scope of what you know could eventuate narrows. So it's like the, the more that doesn't happen and more time that passes, the more we can get a sense of what might eventually happen. So uh, more pods on that down the road, hopefully soon. Um, moving on, we're really zipping through all this. This is a great, great off-season pod, Jake. Um, <laughs> this is posted to the sub by... Bryce Schoon and it's a tweet from at NBA Bet. So this is per points bet USA. It's listing the regular season win total over unders for the upcoming NBA season. Boston on top there. Fifty five point five is the over under for regular season wins. Jake, is that set fairly to you? And and what are you taking there? Gun to your head? Are you taking the over? Taking the under? What are you? What are your thoughts?
1: I tell you what. I really enjoyed it more when everybody was low on us. Yeah. Last year, when the Celtics were fifty to one to win the title, as opposed to now being the title favorites, but I think it's I think it's correct the the team that made the finals and that just blitzed the entire NBA from January onwards all the way through the playoffs, added a former All Star and um, a guy that started on a conference finals team two years ago in Gallinari, and didn't lose a single core piece like. And and then the development of all these young guys, which um, I know I, I want to talk more about throughout the season, the off season as well, is like Tatum and Jalen have proven to get better significantly every single mm. season. And when you when you factor in the the growth of all of the guys that are twenty five and under, as well as bringing in two high quality players, they're ten deep, and that was kind of the concern later in the season is they had to go to that seven, eight-man rotation. But now you've got 10 guys that can play. Um, they've already got the identity in place. They were on a, like a 67-win pace according to, I think it was net rating in the second half or something like that. Um, I still feel good about the over. Um, the only thing that's going to derail that is going to be injuries, and uh, that's about it. And and maybe, maybe chemistry stuff. The so last time... The Celtics were this high on any over-unders or any odd stuff. I loaded up and on on the Celtics, and it was the, the year Kyrie and Haywood were coming back, and it was a disaster. <laughs> so that's why I've mentioned it a few times, because the last time I felt this good, I was hurt, man. Take I the under. Hurt.
0: Please, Jake. Save us all from from <laughs> reality again. Yeah. I, uh, I'll let, let me just play devil's advocate. Um, Al Horford, like, father time will- come for him at some point and does that if it <laughs> happens in the first half or at any point this season does that offset the talent ad in brogdon who is injury prone in his own right and gallo who you know is on his way down but hopefully you know our staff can slow that decline by um uh insulating him with the, the talent that we've already got on the team is that enough to sort of bring us back down to 51 wins which is what we had this season also other teams around the league you know everything's not set in stone yet, but is there is it to be considered that they've all sort of made themselves better around the league, such that we can expect less wins over the same amount of teams? Does that make sense? So phrase that poorly, but I think you know what I'm saying.
1: Yes, no, 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 it makes sense. Other teams got better, um, but I, I guess the and I, I do agree. And I'm gonna have to have a better look at this, but the Celtics do feel like there are, there is a fairly high like every team has injury risk, obviously, but the Celtics have maybe a little more than that than um, some other teams, just with Horford's age, Brogdon, and Rob. But at the same time, like, Horford never misses time. Um, I do think we need to kind of reevaluate what what the time looks like. And you, you look at guys like Steph Curry, who's 34, who just had one of his best playoff runs of all time. Obviously, you've got guys like LeBron. PJ Tucker's a year older than Al Horford and just got paid another three-year contract. Um, and for a good reason, he was one of the one of the, the key defensive forces on a con- on the conference finals team that took the Celtics to seven games. So I I, I do agree that um, there is maybe some higher level of um, concern there, Brogden. But I mean, again, I was looking at the the games played from the the COVID year. Like Brogden played fifty six, and, uh, and Tatum played sixty six. Yep. So he played ten more. But because these these seasons were shorter, Clearly. the most recent one is concerning, but. How much of that was the paces tanking? We don't really exactly. know. And those, yeah. So, like, um, and then, yeah, that, yeah, of course, we could, we could, we, we get injured and the other teams got better, but we were just blitzing those teams anyway and we got mm-hmm. better. So, assuming like relatively good health, I think hitting 55 is pretty easy. And if you get really lucky with health, I mean, I think 60 is pretty, pretty reachable as well. Yeah.
0: Oh, 60 would be so good. I, um, <laughs> I like to be fair. I do completely agree with you. Like, I would take the over. Yeah, uh, totally. And like, if we can just get like a season for once where Tatum doesn't start super slow and like doesn't wait till sort of February uh. to come into his own, if he can get there in you know December, early January, then you know that's there's your sixty wins right there, regardless of yeah. of health. Like, we've seen him capable of carrying a team at full health and in full form, which just unfortunately there's a ramp up there that he goes through uh, every season. So,
1: I have I have a theory on that. Um, especially like the most recent one was by far his worst start. Um, and I think it has to do with the ball um, mm-hmm. because he went from whatever they had in the 2021 season. And then he switched to the FIBA ball for the Olympics. And then he switched to a new ball coming into the next season. And he, you know, he, he needs things to speed to be quite right. So uh, I, another off season, the same ball, no fever Wilson. ball. <laughs> yeah, Wilson, yeah, Wilson, let's go. Yeah, so I'm confident.
0: Yeah, I am very confident as well. I uh, It's, what, 93 days until the, the regular season starts, so um, <laughs> oh, yeah. just got to keep ponding through the offseason, keep that confidence high and... Uh, <laughs> It's got to be a lot of fun. Uh, Speaking of fun, this is peak off-season content here. This is a post to Celtics Reddit by ifraz47, who says, wanted to do this for a while now, but after the playoff run, the Celtics went on, which fan base was the worst to deal with while watching the team? So most toxic fan base or just overall most annoying fan base, Jake? Who have you got? And run us through your thinking here and how you came to this conclusion.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, this is fun to kind of think about. I, I did feel through the playoffs... Each round, I, there was a few like Twitter account bosses that you had to deal with.
0: Yeah. Um, except
1: for the except for the first round, uh, I think I've mentioned this on the pod before. But like, I went to games one and two, uh, two and three in uh, round one in Boston and then Brooklyn. And the lack of fans, both in the stadium and on Twitter, like um, I didn't feel uh, that there was too much going on. Um, the Bucks. Man, that was, that was a brutal one for Twitter because every game was just slowed down clips of Giannis running into people from both sides and people flopping and zip-rooting film, <laughs> and everybody was just furious after every game. So yeah. that might be number one for me. Um, heat fans, I didn't find were especially um, annoying. Uh, We've got the Heat culture stuff that makes you want to puke, obviously. Um, but... The part about the Heat series, it was the worst. I've got a few friends just through my life that are Heat fans, but like only for the playoffs. And I literally haven't heard from them since the last time they made the conference finals. <laughs> and so I'm making jokes about like, oh, so that's Max Struis. Uh, he was, you know, second round, I mean, a uh, uh, summer league guy. I'm, um, you know, I'm making jokes about how they need to figure out who's on the team again. Um, yep. <laughs> so that was kind of my life from the, from that point of view. Love
0: um,
1: it. Warriors fans. Um, yeah, I, I, I I went through that series so calm, like I was just so happy to have been there um, that I didn't feel um, that I have got into too many Twitter beefs through that series. But I did find that the, the Warriors have kind of this superiority complex because you got a lot of bandwagon fans over the past kind of five six years. So I did feel that a little bit. Uh, but so if I'm going to rank most hated to least hated, it would have gone Bucks, Heat, Warriors. Nets, just because the nets didn't have any and i'll throw you an honorable mention after you tell me your ranking
0: oh okay dangling the carrot i'm excited uh <laughs> I'll, I'll, i guess i'll work backwards because i came to the same conclusion for me it's the bucks and purely because of the middleton thing going into the series it was like we're probably still going to win but you know if we had middleton we're definitely going to win either way we're going to beat you middleton this middleton that and then after the season after the series rather you know shaking their fists as we drive off into the sunset. If only we had Middleton, we would have to beat you. It's like, fuck you. Like, you didn't. You didn't have Middleton. Okay, so it doesn't really Damn matter. It. It's a moot point, right? Like, you know, we lost in the conference finals. We didn't have Hayward really. He came back on one leg. Yeah. You know, we didn't have Kemba Walker. Like, every team... Yeah. For every postseason since the dawn of time, injuries are a factor. So I I don't want to hear any more about Middleton. And like when I'll accept Middleton talk is next playoffs. When Middleton's back, if he's back, I believe he just got some sort of shoulder or or wrist surgery or something like that. So who knows? Uh, It's definitely the (laughs) Bucs. And then to circle back from the beginning, the Nets fans, they were annoying for about 1.5 games. Peak annoying, like if you're looking at it on a graph, was after Kyrie's three late in game one. And then it really started to sort of pitfall from that point onwards. And by halfway through game two, um, they were fine. Very pleasant, in fact. Um, I didn't find the Warriors fans annoying at all. Kind of same plane of thought as you, Jake. Like there was a mutual respect between the two teams and their fan bases just like... We met at the top of the mountain and like a little gentlemanly handshake and like, you know, may the best man win or whatever you want to say. Um, And then heat heat culture, like it makes me feel sick. (laughs) Um, There was a guy, Ronnie, someone who was commenting on all of our posts, all of our videos throughout. And like, I guess credit to him if that's part of heat culture, just like knocking down the door of, of our podcast after every episode. We're all lost. Like, don't worry. Like, heat culture. Heat culture's going to come for you. That was very annoying. I'm, I'm so glad that we sort of, um, you know, binned heat culture for for another year. <laughs> so, uh, heat coming in a close second. But, uh, absolutely, it's the Bucks and their fans and their disdain for us still. So long after, like, it's over. No one, That was rounds of playoffs ago. No one's thinking about you. No one cares about middle <laughs> two. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, they keep talking about it. So, it's the Bucks.
1: Dude, no question. And- do they not remember that the only reason they got past the second round last year was because Kyrie and Harden got injured? Like they were cooked, they were dead in the water when when that happened. So
0: yeah, it's conveniently it's forgotten by, by Bucks fans. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Let us know your thoughts. I, I think it's a fun one for the listeners to comment on. Like, let us know the the team that you have the most disdain for, um, even now, this long after the the end of the season.
1: And my honorable mention, which we didn't get to play them in the playoffs this time. But the Toronto Raptors, those fans dude, like, as they've been aptly nicknamed by Ben Gulliver, uh, the Toronto Termites. Like, <laughs> after, remember the game that we, we I forget the back-to-back the first night, but the second leg, we basically didn't send half our team to Toronto. Mm-hmm. And it was like the Marcus Smart gets to be the heliocentric guy game, Hauser, and we went, I don't think it was overtime, we went down to the wire. And, yeah. and the awesome Raptors... Game. Amazing game, one of the best games of the season, and and the Raptors fans were just insufferable all over Twitter in every comment section of every Celtics video I saw. And I was like, "Where is that self awareness of what's going on here? No Jalen, no Jason, no Horford." Like, um, and I think there was like they doxed Keith Smith Smith
0: on Twitter. He's like one of the <laughs> yeah. nicest
1: fucking people on NBA Twitter. Like, absolutely absurd. So. Fuck those
0: guys, team. Yeah, absolutely. And like, when we were going into the playoffs, the last few games of the regular season, everyone was like jockeying for position. And even <laughs> then, the Raptors were like, watch out for us, watch out for the Raptors. Remember what happened last time you were in Toronto? And it's like just conveniently forgetting all of those absences uh, under a COVID vaccination cloud as well, if I remember correctly. <laughs> but we, we don't have to go there. Um, all right, so let us know your thoughts in the comments. We've got one more thing to touch on very quickly. And that is, and th- again, uh, we may be peaking the previous segment with better off-season content. Jalen Brown reportedly—I mean, there's photos of it—so reportedly is the wrong <laughs> word—hanging <laughs> out with Kyrie Irving and Kanye West in some sort of to-do. I don't know. Kanye West wearing a hoodie that was several sizes too small in temperatures that were several degrees too high. Um, Jake, what's what's the takeaway here? What's, what should Celtics fans think of this?
1: this, this yeah, I think this is perfect off-season content. Whether or not right. we just we're we're, we're putting it in, out too quick, but you know we.
0: Photo oh, just came out. We gotta give it gotta 20 minutes. It. 20 minutes of material. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, like, Jalen signed with Kanye's sports agency, who Kyrie is also a part of. And I think it's just a, something for Celtics fans to keep in the back of their mind with the Jalen contract stuff coming up to expect a little bit of weirdness. Like, Kanye notorious weirdo Kanye. I mean, Kyrie Boston fans know this all too well. So the fact that they're all together is a little disconcerting. Um, and that's the part that I'm a little worried about. Um, but at the same time, I feel like we can kind of forgive Kyrie a little bit. Cause I know Jalen was probably one of the number one Kyrie um, defectors. Mm-hmm. When Kyrie came out with the, the young guys rant, Jalen was like, dude, infamously like you're like three years older than us bro
0: yeah <laughs> relax with the
1: with the young so kid good. stuff yeah. so but you know we know about Jalen thoughtful spiritual he's, he's he's found it within himself to forgive Kyrie so self Uh maybe you can find it within yourself as well but yeah I'm just just planting the seed for some potential contract I don't know if that means that Jalen's not going to resign or anything I'm just warning warning signs
0: yeah, it's we're just flagging it at this point, right? Yes. Just like put it on your radar. It's deep, like if you picture like a sonar graphic, it's deep. It's way off on the horizon here, but it's uh, <laughs> it's incoming. It's in the little uh, the, the sounds of the sonar. It's a bad analogy. Are getting closer together. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> please let me move on from that. Um, <laughs> they just got that. Uh, it, it's, it's, no, no, please. It's it's not quite as bad as like remember when Kyrie signed with Rock Nation, and there was already a lot of discussion about you know. It, but basically, Kyrie's probably going to go, but we're almost sure of it. These signs with Rock Nation, who were like at that point completely affiliated with the Nets, and it's like, fuck, okay, this guy's gone. <clears throat> it's not quite there yet. And to date, the whole Jalen Brown, like um, retrograde and crystals, it's like yeah. a cute personality trait, right? Because he hasn't yep. sort of like uh, supplemented that with crazy behavior a la Kyrie <laughs> Irving. But it's like this could be like you know the the first domino, I guess. If we're really trying to over uh, dramatize it a little bit, is that is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, look, I think Jalen has portrayed a lot of the positive traits for people that um, think about crystals and the moon. Like it's a lot of positive. Actually, Kyrie honestly talks a lot about the positive energy and, and stuff like that. But um, the actions are certainly speaking louder than the words when it comes to Kyrie. I feel like Jalen has kind of married those two things together. Um, and he believes that giving good energy leads to good energy. And that's like a lot of what his life is about. And he Mm -hmm. shows that in pretty much every facet of his life. Sure. So, so from that point of view, it could be a good thing. Like the, the, the good sides of, of the energy and the crystals and the moon, let's just hope that the retrograde kind of swings the Celtics away every time. And we shouldn't have anything to worry about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> I don't have anything else to add to that. I, no, no, I no. We have run short on our twenty minutes, but uh, it is the off season. That is news, and therefore it's worth um, discussing. Is there Anything else you want to like touch on that we haven't talked about? Anything you want to circle back on before we wrap this one up, Jake?
1: No, I think um, I think that's we we definitely touched on touched on most of it. Um, I'm way too excited for the the season. Um, I've come out of summer league even more in love with Johan Bergeron. Oh yeah, um, he's apparently going to be the thing that I do when I come home at two AM on Saturday nights. So um, we'll see how long that. I'm really going to get Timmy on on the highlight train. Maybe to... I need to get a league pass for Paris Basketball? Who knows? I was going to yeah. say
0: we'll assemble the, the podcast crew. a tri- uh, quick trip over to Paris. <laughs> get a couple yes. of Begueron jerseys.
1: <laughs> oh man,
0: on custom Celtics jerseys. Nice. <laughs> yes. I love it. all right that's gonna do it for this one thank you so much for listening let us know your thoughts on any of the topics that we discussed uh, in the comments youtube reddit etc if you want to help us out particularly comment on youtube feed that algorithm or you can find us on twitter at celtic reddit pod jake love your work mate thanks for coming on pleasure all right folks wayne spooney is going to be back with a special guest later this week until then go celtics peace